Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. I hear that my heart, I see my heart being broken, really. Say that was my beloved son, and you know how you love your firstborn son. And I cannot have another one who's going to replace Patrick. And for that, I need justice for my son. And let me get right to Attorney Benjamin Crump. And again, I know it's a busy uh, morning for you. Uh, Attorney Crump, explain why, let me me put it in the pile. Why should the identity of this police officer be made public? Well, good morning, Joe Madison. And I think it's very important that the identity of the police officer is made public so we can vet his history, look at his uh, excessive force uh, pattern and practice, uh, whether there's one exists or whether he has none. Because what we do know is Patrick Iola is being scrutinized. His character is being assassinated as any other uh, person of color, especially young black men who are killed by the police. And furthermore, Joe Madison, I am very concerned because when you think about the history, especially with all the cases you and I have talked about over the years, They assassinate the character of African-Americans when they're killed. Well, this young man happens to be a black African. And so I am very concerned whether they're going to try to marginalize him even more than normal, saying he should just be happy to be in the country. No, he was a human being, and he did not deserve to be uh, executed by that police officer shooting him in the back of the head because the officer escalated a minor traffic stop based on an alleged tag registration into the point of a deadly execution. Now, when you go to court, clearly, you know, you're going, and, and again, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but I, I, I'll tell you this. You obviously are going to say to the jury, just like you said, does this was a minor uh, traffic stop that had to do with registration and tags. And I assume you will then tell the jury, here's what the police should have or would or was trained to do. Absolutely. A reasonable officer following his training never, ever would have escalated this matter to this point. And so, Joe Madison, I call you attorney Joe Madison because you give me a lot of advice on these cases, and I'm grateful. But uh, I will say this, Attorney Madison, my my investigator, Cliff Jones, and a lot of people who don't have these fancy law degrees was able to observe the video. And when you look at when it first starts, he is not even traveling in the same direction. He's traveling in the opposite direction. So this may be uh, Joe Madison, this is breaking news. This may be a driving while black profiling situation because the officer makes a U-turn and then gets behind Patrick's car. And Patrick is a block and a half away from him 
by the time he makes that U-turn, and all of a sudden, if he has a tag violation and he's going to pull him over. And remember, Joe, we they still haven't showed us the tag at all or anything like that. And so we start there from the beginning, and then you start looking at the dynamics of the stop itself. Now, First let, of let, all, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's a traffic stop. Yeah, you know, but here's, ahead, here's the here's the thing. You just mean I lived in Michigan, so let me tell you. First of all, that's interesting. So he's somebody's on he's on one side of the street going forward. The police officer's on the other side of the street going past him. How would you know that you've got improper tags and registration because the tag? Or if you usually have something in the corner of your license plate. Now, I may be wrong, but it's usually yep. the registration. It's a little tag that you paste on your, your, your license plate. That's usually on the rear. Exactly. Exactly, Joe. And that's why we are very suspicious yes. whether this was a pretextual stop for driving while black. Exactly, because he could not have seen any the little registration uh, sticker. It's almost like a postage stamp uh, on on the rear mm-hmm. of the police. He couldn't have seen it. He couldn't have seen could it. Could not have seen it. Could not. Um, wow. And so, Joe, we we start there, and then when you look at the dynamics of this stop, first of all, we could have easily de-escalated at the very beginning by just simply calling for backup. But he says, no, no, get back in the car. And instead of calling for backup, he go and he engages hands-on with Patrick. Now, Patrick never is violent to him. Patrick just starts to walk away. And you look at that video, you don't have to take Ben Crump's word for it. You look at that video and you see him trying to grab Patrick, trying to uh, restrain him with his arm. Patrick keeps walking away. Then they go to the ground. He uh, punches Patrick multiple times while they're on the ground. Then he knees him. All this time, Patrick is never violent against him, despite the officer being violent against Patrick on multiple instances. And then... You see him pull the taser. Now, one thing we know about tasers, they are they were created to prevent going hands-on and being in close proximity. So he was supposed to create distance so he could fire the taser to do what its function was intended to mm-hmm. do. Right. However, they tell you when you are close and you pull a taser out, it is anybody's natural reaction to try to push the taser away from them. And that's exactly what Patrick did. He fired the taser twice. And that model of taser, had the officer been following his training and been engaged in what he was doing, after you fire that taser twice, it becomes inoperable. It's, uh, unless you're going to put a new cartridge in, which Patrick didn't have a cartridge. The officer knew Patrick had nothing because you saw his pants falling down on him as he was walking away 
and barefooted at this point. He had house slippers on that came off. Oh, there, so that's it. That's why it yeah. was barefoot. Okay, because people call yeah. him an ass. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so so he's barefooted, pants falling off uh, uh, him. He's not going to get far. You got the car. You got the passenger. You There's no need to do the most, as the young people say, when it's a minor traffic violation. But he then gets him on the ground. He's on top of the young man. The young man is face down. And then he takes his gun out for right. inexplicable reasons. Right, right. And shoots him in, in the, the back, back of, of the head. head. Yeah. Now, do, do you know at this point, and do we know anything about this officer's background, arrest record, citations, discipline, anything like that? Nothing, Joe. And that's why I agree with his father, Peter, who said, we want to know the name of the man and the face of the person who executed my son because we want to know about him just like they keep trying to uh, talk about my son wasn't worth their consideration. Well, who is he in this police department to say that they are such moral, uh, high-standing people that we can't scrutinize them? How do you answer the critics or the criticism, and I get a lot of this on the show, the that the Patrick should not have tried to walk away or run away. You know, Joe, obviously, I absolutely agree. I, I don't advise any black people to try to flee from the police in any matter whether it's driving or slow walk like Patrick. Don't do it. However, it should not sentence you to death. I remember... When we did Michael Brown, and when he was killed in Ferguson, Missouri, and you remember that case, Joe, hands up, don't shoot. Um, and a lot of people said, well, Michael Brown never should have ran and all this stuff. And it was the young white students from Stanford University in California who reached out to our office and started a trend on social media, especially Twitter and Facebook, called Hashtag Criming while white, and they had all matter of white citizens uh, running from the police, hitting the police, spitting on the police, kicking the police, taking the police goods, taking the police uh, tasers, uh, taking the police cars, and it was like thousands of them. And in all those instances, you never saw the police use deadly force. You never saw the police kill them. And so you say there is nothing that justifies this officer. He was not in intimate fear of his life at any point to warrant him using fatal excessive force, Joe Madison. That's how I respond to him. It is that simple. Final question, and that is the George Floyd bill. If the George Floyd bill had passed, how would this have impacted, if at all, this case that you're you're involved in? Now, I think it would have had a tremendous impact 
because it would affect the very culture of policing saying that you can have federal charges brought against you on a myriad of things that right now is either legal or great. For instance, the use of force, when you think about Section 242, that was going to be addressed in the George Floyd Policing Act, where you got to prove the officer's act was willful and intentional as such. Well, that standard is so hard to prove because how can you prove what is in somebody's mind? No, it should be an objective standard of reckless disregard for human life. And when you look at this video, can anybody uh, conclude that this wasn't a reckless disregard for human life? When you on top, the person is face to the ground looking away from you, and you got both of your knees on him in a superior position, you can de-escalate. You can simply get up and back away. You know the taser is inoperable at this point, but yet you choose to do the most intrusive thing in violating his person by putting a gun to the back of his head, pulling the trigger. And tomorrow at 1030 a.m., uh, our independent medical exam uh, autopsy findings are going to be made public by Dr. Spitzer mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in the of Detroit, Michigan. Right. And so it's so important to be able to look at that video and say, this was such an unnecessary yeah. killing, Joe Madison. Another senseless loss of life of an unarmed yeah. uh, black citizen at the hands of the person who was supposed to protect him. I will stay in touch, and thank you for responding, uh, Attorney Crump. Uh, I, 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 I've watched that video, and it, it's just, it's, it's, and this is my opinion, you've got to go to court, but it was an execution. It was just simply an execution. He just executed oh, it. Joe, I got to say this before I go. Yes. You know, and you probably can understand this more than anybody, we got all these leaders around the world in America talking about how bad it is and we're condemning Russian soldiers for shooting unarmed citizens in the back of the head right. in the Ukraine. Right. However, they are not condemning police officers shooting black people in the back of the head in America. We don't think that they can be condemning people in the Ukraine for doing it and not condemning it here in America. It, it, there's a connection. There's a connection. It's all about hu- humanity. It's all about yes. humanity. It's all about humanity. It it, it it's the most. I, it's been a. I I got. I'm I'm trying to tell you. I I can't think of a time, Attorney Crump, that I've seen a situation like you said, where a, a young man on the ground, knees in the back. Not you know, and and then a police officer literally reach in to and unbuck and and pull his gun and stick it in the back of, of, of somebody's head and blow his brains out. I yeah, I've never. I it's been. I I can't even recall call that. We'll stay in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe Madison. Oh, Thank you, Sharon. Madison. All right. Thank you. Wow. You can listen to yours truly, Madison the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday 
on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.